Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, hello, Chris here. You're about to start listening to or probably halfway through an episode of Hardcore Listening with Stuart Whiffin, myself, and some poor unsuspecting guest. This is a heads up that we've launched our Patreon page, where you can show your support to us through a small financial pledge each month. We've not been going a year, but we're obsessed by doing this, as you can probably already tell, and we want to go full time. We already put one to two days in for pretty much for free, and we want to take it to that next level. If you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you've probably heard all about this already. But the majority of you lovely lot just listen to the cast. Whether you're at work, commuting or just relaxing at home, we get about 10,000 listens a week, which is massive. If you enjoy what we create, signing up takes no more than 5 to 10 minutes, not a fraction of how long each episode is. You won't remember signing up doing that today, but we will always be reminded every day of that generosity even just one dollar from all of you will change our lives change our lives think about that that's, that's awesome it's a brave new world people are making content outside of normal media networks which is great because you get earnest and real conversation which is why we hope you like our podcast no fake laughs and not people plugging stuff they hate left right and center and that will continue to grow with just a couple of minutes of your time and tiny expense what's a dollar a month a pack of scampi fries? Lord, if you donate $10 a month, we give you four extra episodes dedicated to top fives that our patrons choose and a host of other video content too. When you go to the Patreon page, which I'll redirect you to, there's a four-minute video that we produced that shows where we want to take it. Comedy skits and even a Wayne's World type feel in the long run with our own sort of studio. So look, thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. The main podcast will always be free. And if you want to see the quality grow, why not right now take action? Quickly visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash hardcore listing. H-A-R-D-C-O-R-E-L-I-S-T-I-N-G. Didn't need to spell that to you lot. You're far smarter than Stuart and myself. It's probably why you listen, because it makes you feel better. Um, look, sign up today. It will be done. You won't remember doing that. It's that quick. And you'll have done something supremely awesome today. And we'll be that closer to living our dream. Thank you very much. It's a drunken soiree in the within.
Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Welcome back to part two of our Essex special. Hello. Yeah. Hey, Dan. Hmm. Yeah. At the same as last time you asked. Everybody's been saying that you're looking really red. I really feel red. Mark. Mark went to me like, "Is he wearing makeup?" And I was like, "I am wearing makeup and feel red as well, mate. Thank you." Carla Kong has asked me, "Have I had strawberries?" And looks really concerned. No. Why is that anyway? Out of interest. Oh, what was that? Oh, it was alcohol poisoning. Strawberries on the rider. <laughs> when we went, yeah, no, it was alcohol poisoning. Well, um, mm. well um, welcome back to part two. Um, thanks for sticking about. Um, mm. Hope you enjoyed part one and enjoyed your mince pies and crackers and mm. booze and whatnot. Um, right, so oh, I've got to do my, fire, my my one before we get the guests up. Excuse is that me? right? Yes, please, mate. What is your number one? Because you've been a really, like... Jimmy Downer and everyone else's, so... No, just that end. Okay. Um, so, my, my one's um, a bit wet, but um, <laughs> it's nothing to do with a swimming pool that Ian Jury was in. Um, <laughs> but my, my favourite thing about Essex um, is kind of you lot. Um, Fuck off! Because <laughs> the, re- the reason being, right... What a wanker! <laughs> <laughs> that is the most sycophantic thing you've ever said. And can well, I, I just said say, this on the phone early. You went, oh, actually, mate, that's really fucking nice. Well, yeah, you're saying that. And now, <laughs> as soon as we're up here, fucking rip him. I was setting you up, mate. Because you were telling me last night how it was right. This is, he said that, right? He's made that very, um, very nice and altruistic. Last night, the first two things he said to me that might be his number one were his own club night. No, no. I said the pink toothbrush. Right. Which is your own club. Number two, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking true as well. <laughs> but I thought I've got, I need to wind my neck in because that's too much. But the, the, the reason is that the podcast and the club are kind of all part of the things that I like about this area. And okay. the things that I like about this area is the fact that growing up in this area, I can see my best friends out there and I grew up in bands with them and... I've watched them go on to write books. No one's making eye contact with you. And like, <laughs> right, I've, I've watched them go on to write books, become tattooists, and and one of my dear friends is about to move out of Essex and, and try and live off grid, and he's going to be a future podcast guest. And I hope so, man. And can we do that? I'd love to go yeah. out. And and and, and, and our special guests, are, 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 you know, aside from being our guests, they're my friends, and like, and they've all. Pushed in music and, and Pip as well, you know, like Pippa's. And, and looking over there, I can see Pip and I can see Tom. And Tom's made amazing documentaries. And Pip's obviously, we wouldn't be doing this. I can see Riker and like and, and Jordan and, and everybody that are my friends are creative and have pursued their kind of dreams, which in this area is quite hard to do because you do, as I mentioned earlier, get pushed into that go and get a job, get a mortgage, got to work, got to work, got to have a telly, got to have this, got to have this. And, you know, you, and everybody's kind of done that thing where they ain't earned fuck all money, but they've tried to do it to better them and better themselves in regards to pursuing the career that they want to pursue. So, yeah, my, my favourite thing about Essex is my creative mates. Simple as that. Yeah, um, no, that's really nice, mate. One of the ones I was going to do that you spoke to me about last night was, um, that I'm surprised no one's done yet, is Essex Girls. 
Okay. Just waiting for the silence there, because I, I wanted to see where that went. Like, if people thought, uh, because we were talking earlier with um, Mitch and Dan about you know expectations on, on what is Essex and what. When I thought about it, I was like, it's weird because it's a, a ridiculous stereotype. And you was just saying about the people here that you know have gone on to do excellent things. My girl mates here, uh, they're not what people go on and talk about with regards to Essex girls. We've got peop- two business owners here and someone who runs a fucking charity. Um, not runs a charity, does fundraising for a, a really cool charity in London. It's not the you know the white stilettoed like bimbos that you'd, you'd expect to see. And um, so, yeah, so one of my other ones was my girl mates who have actually helped me not be such a arsehole to girls. Such an arsehole. But, um, yeah, I mean, they do say that um, um, Essex girls are uh, bimbos and um, are easy lays. And I don't think that's true. I think that just goes for all women. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't, I, I couldn't keep that... Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't keep being sincere. And also, the, uh, genuinely, the Dagenham handshake. There's, a, there's, a, there's been a union of Essex boys and Essex girls who have created one of the most beautiful sexual moves that we used to see a lot in the 90s that we don't see so much these days, do we? Do you know, you're familiar fact, with that? Is that called a, dag- a Dagenham handshake? That's the, that's the Dagenham handshake, Let me mate. just clarify. For, for those that are listening, um, Chris is showing his hand like almost like... like are you like that it. one? Are you that way? Are you that way, Nick? Hogden's like, no, fuck you, mate. It's like that. So it's Chris's kind There's of different techniques. If if there was no audio now and you were just watching this, it was like Chris is doing some kind of like shadow puppetry. But he's 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 kind of crossed. If you imagine you, you're opening your hand side on and you've crossed your top two fingers and you're hiding your your, your third finger down, but your little finger. So from that, I can imagine that the the two. Upper fingers are going into the vagina. Listen, listen, let me explain it, because you're okay. you're making this not sound very romantic. Right. Sorry. It's called a stun gun. A stun gun, <laughs> I like that. Pinky in the stinky. Right. Two in the sausage wallet. And the thumb's just petting the uh, gerbil's nose. That's that the uh, fucking hell. I genuinely don't think that actually is a thing, right? Right. I don't know, it's just what I tell people, but yeah, it is. <laughs> Jesse's like, yep. <laughs> Chris, take care, guys. Let's go. Single. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Low, um, low point. Right. So um, let's crack on with our guests. And um, and yeah, um, much like all our previous guests, they've been friends for years and years and years, and um, in different guises and such. So um, debut album come out week before last, I believe. Sold out debut show last Friday. Um, make some noise for Ollie and Johnny. From Defa Guitar Pop. Yes! I love the fact Thanks, that Johnny Ollie. kind of stood behind you and helped you on stage like you was elderly there. That was amazing. <laughs> I'm the senior in this band. How the fuck do we follow the Dagnum handshake? <laughs> sorry, Mine just I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'll have to explain, Johnny. How you not have to, to use a microphone uh, when you're on stage. Oh, I know you're in a band. Like That's always my problem. Were you in a band once, Stu? I don't think you've mentioned Hello. it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> have I not mentioned it tonight? Uh, no. I must have, at least three times. <laughs> Guys, um, before we get started, podcast gold, but have a, have a bang on that. So what that means is, yet again, um, Chris is holding up a um, Santa sack. Oh, no, a stocking, sorry. And Ollie's Cheers, just mate. took one. 
have to admit, Johnny. every time I've seen someone pull out a Brussels sprout, I've been like, yes, yes another Brussels sprout. The, the odds awesome. are getting better, mate. The odds are getting better. They are getting better. Oh, I think this is a sprout. Man. Oh, if we've both got a sprout, then you I reckon we quit so the band. Well. Quit the band yeah. if we've both got a sprout. Thank you, it's ridiculous, the anticipation. I'm actually quite excited to see what happens. You got Did Ferrero Rocher? Really? Yeah. Yes, bruv. <laughs> or so. have you wrapped the sprout? <laughs> <and told you>? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ollie, why did I? I feel ashamed that I didn't you do that now. That. Yeah, I feel gutted I didn't. So you, you just came round the whiff in, and obviously you don't drink, but um, Johnny, we, we got a bit trashed, didn't well, we? we? And I had and to make up for it, didn't I? Yeah, really, we, yeah, we got to that point where we was like, I fucking love the Beatles, man. And like, um, and yeah. How good is that point of the night where yeah. you just go... Fuck, how good it'll be. Yeah, play that song, <laughs> play that song, play that fucking song. And yeah, I'll do... Oh, that ended up with us singing... Night Boat to Cairo. Night Boat to Cairo. <laughs> Fuck that. me. Yeah, that was that was carnage, wasn't it? Yeah. But, um, okay, well, um, it's a really nice fucking family feel here because Mitch um, from The Milk produced your debut album. The very talented Mitch. And, Mitch. and we've got other people out here tonight um, that um, have come and play your previous band's Christmas party and we've all been in and you guys when you was in your previous band played next door in the other venue with, with my band that and was the highlight of our career supporting serious problems I can imagine, <laughs> I, can imagine <laughs> I can imagine and uh, yeah it's, 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 it's good it's all quite so incestuous isn't it it is it is <laughs> it is I think that's because we anyone that kind of wants to do something in this this postcode kind of gravitates towards each other and there is that camaraderie to kind of I did find it very along. stirring, your speech there when you create your friends. You know, so I, I know you see you look like you've been crying. I've yeah. got to say, mate, that was really nice. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. After yeah. I told him, don't start talking about your own club night and podcast. <laughs> 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 okay, right. So, um, you guys, both Brentwood? Well, I've, I've been about, mate, thinking about it in Essex. I was born in Arlo. Just to clarify, you're not a traveller. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, right, okay. <laughs> Defined traveller. <Okay>. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, born in Arlo, grew up in Loughton, then moved to Ongar, which, can I just say, someone said Kelvedon for that secret yeah. nuclear bunker. Kelvedon Hatch. The secret nuclear bunker is a source of great pride for the people of Ongar, <laughs> and it is not in fucking <laughs> Kelvedon, <laughs> all right? It's Ongar. <laughs> Definitely. I lived in Ongar for 10 years, and that's the best fucking thing there, so don't take that away from <laughs> me. <laughs> the library's quite good as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> you would get on with Pip. I think <laughs> you guys. We need to hook you guys up. You can talk about uh, libraries <coughs> and Tesco's. Oh, me and you Sounds have spoke great, at length good, for, for every time we've met up about Essex and music and stuff like that. And and so we've we've we've, we've exhausted that chat. So tonight, <coughs> what, what what is your your entrance into our top five? We gave great deliberation on this, didn't we? Yeah. What, what, I mean, what, we what, what did you talk about before? Well, the. The cult I know it might not be popular, but we have to say the cultural hub that is the Sugar Hut. Okay. Obviously. Did we meet there? Um, of course, of course. Uh, no, we met in South End at the Royal Hotel. Royal Hotel. Royal Hotel, yeah. You weren't having a good night, were you? But but we did it sounds so weird. Pre Towie, we set up I love this story. We set up an indie night in the Sugar Hut. Opening night. Adam's had to go, unfortunately. Um, guest, uh, Adam was the, the DJ, wasn't he? It was oh right, I yeah, believe yeah, he was, was a, a, a guest Mark, DJ. Yeah. And then the following week was um, Cunt and the Gang yeah. played live. And, and then you played live uh, with your yeah. band, which, needless to say, the night wasn't a success because n nothing against your band, but 
going on, we got mixed responses because it was that kind of towie crowd. Yeah. And we're, we're playing Libertines and... And, and Interpol. And, and Interpol. <laughs> and, and they're there, done up to the nines, fake everything and, and yeah. fake tans. It's and a bit of a culture clash, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Not in a good way. But uh, we had a go, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. It's a funny night, man. It's a lovely thought, that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love the thought. Like to make it, trying to push. try to make it happen. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah. proper, that. It didn't it? last, did nah, it? No, no, we tried. Nah. We tried. So... Um, okay, so yeah, what did you say? Oh, there, there was more. Was there oh, any? yeah, so Lakeside, obviously. Lakeside, That's yeah. like Essex's version of St oh. Paul's Cathedral. It's yeah. <laughs> 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 a landmark. <laughs> Got to be proud of Lakeside. Yeah. And weirdly, you know... <sighs> Alistair Cook as well. I know I'm going to get fucking boring. Here we go. <laughs> 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 it comes to fucking cricket, people. <laughs> but Alistair Cook, England's all-time record run scorer. Yeah. And then before yeah, we proceed into what it actually is... One round of applause. I looked at Stu there. It was like... a. Showing a dog a card At that trick. point, when he said that, if you could have seen my fucking brain, <laughs> it was just a monkey with symbols. Just like <laughs> <laughs> Wait till I get onto the ashes. <laughs> but then we've got to say the four pound, it's not our favourite, this is a close second, the four pound cinema in Romford. I don't know if anyone's been there. So good. If, if Lakeside's the St Paul's, then that is uh, the Tesco's in Pitt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, it's just an amazing place. Like the arcade there is, is, is like the same one as it was in the 90s. Nothing's changed since the 90s. It's Four the quid. And if you go on a Tuesday, two for it. one on a Tuesday, two yeah. quid. Did I miss it? Where, where is it? Crazy. Romford. Romford. You can have a blind more to get there. Yeah, you can have a blinding night out quality. on a tenner. You go in there and you feel like you're balling, mate. You know, like <laughs> fucking pop You buy a large You get a meal deal from the Sainsbury's downstairs. That's more expensive than the film. It's quite it's true. Fucking no, it's fucking proper, yeah. man. Is that, liber- is, that in li- is that near Liberties? Because I remember... I used to well, when, when he said it's yeah. in Liberties, so I guess that's oh, probably out near Liberties. I miss that. Yeah, I used to hang out there as a kid. It's Saw Jurassic cool. Park there. Um, yeah, oh, it's, yeah, it's pretty Did cool. Did you pay £3.60 because you had your... Uh, <laughs> does it no, not work outside no, of Baz? It's, it's a Baz card, you numb nuts. You needed the Raz card. But yeah, you can go in there, you can play Time Crisis. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking great, mate. Honestly, oh, so, so good. good. What's Time Crisis? Oh, <laughs> it's something that you don't want to know about. It's that one, it's one after your time, Stu. <laughs> Is that an arcade or Dungeons and Dragons? No, it's one above Dungeons and Dragons on the nerd thing. Right, here, yeah. right. It's arcades, yeah. Okay. Stu, we've just done a New Year's Eve podcast, lads, and uh, we've been doing New Year's Eve resolutions. And um, we've got we've made bets with each other. So every month we have to review it. And if we're falling short, mine happens to be drinking. Um, we well there's forfeits, and my one is. Um, Let me just clarify now because this will come out after that comes out. Yeah. Um, Chris has said he's going to drink six times in 2018. <laughs> We're looking at Pip because Pip knows our fight. That's a challenge. And right? that's, that's, based, that's based purely on drunk casts. Apart from a drunk cast, he's not going to drink. And if he does, he's going to shave Bick, his head, and his beard. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. So that's it. there needs to be some sort of. I right. can't wait for Bull Chris. Did in I February. just hear bullshit? Was that cut? Ca- <laughs> you can join the band. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, obviously, I've got to be honest about it, but I'm, diff- I'm a bit. I can't really. Not very good at keeping secrets to myself, as we all know. Mm. Um, but your one is um, if you can't stop 
know, eating. You, you, well, it's, you want to just have a healthier lifestyle, basically. Well, me and 76, who's sitting in the front row as our producer, um, and Brad, who's over there um, filming, um, us three have said that we, are, we will lose a stone by February the 1st. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. Not collectively, each. <laughs> uh, um. And what, what happens if you don't? What, what, you was, what was the fourth year? I can't even remember. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't even know what you, it was. You've got to do that uh, Dungeons and Dragons podcast. That was it. You wanted me to do a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. <laughs> but I'm going to get you dressed up as an ogre. But uh, that also means, Pip, you've got to come on and be a wizard. So, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's up for it. So that's going to be amazing. Anyway, back to you guys. So, so growing up in Essex... Like I asked this to, to Mitch and Dan, like, because um, you, when I first met you, you was in a different band. You was in the Tomorrow Men. Yeah, we're the one that nicked the drill. You, you nicked the drill from our venue in London, <laughs> and um, and uh, <laughs> I weren't even going to bring that up, dude. <laughs> I'm um, sort of weirdly proud of it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see the CCTV footage. It's quite good seeing someone putting a DeWalt drill in a box and then running out the venue with it. I being used that at work on Thursday. All oh, right, good skills. <laughs> good skills. This is kind of a good home. Like, um, and I'll, you, you was in States of Emotion. Um, and yeah, so what, what was the kind of drive to, to not. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Mitch because it's, it's, it's and, and Dan, it's, it's a question that I'm always fascinated by why people make these life choices to not go for the the thing that you, is thrust upon you and, and to try something a little bit left field and, and to try and pursue a creative angle. Yeah, you take this one. Well, you, you're sort of constantly wrestling with it because it is hard sometimes, like conventional perks, you know, they're nice. It's nice to have the balance, but then ultimately, if you're that passionate about something, like I think what speaks volumes is like music, for instance, especially in this day and age, if you're like a sort of, um, if you're in a guitar band, you know, it's, it's, that's, a, that's a hard thing to try and make a career out of. But if you still want to do it and you're still having a go at it and you know that, then surely that's just, that is passion. Do you know what I mean? Epitomised. So, it's, you, you know, I can't even really tell you, you know, other than that, I can't really explain any more deeply than that. You know, you just you have to. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. sort of passion, addiction, obsession, it's all in there. It's just, you know. And I saw him in a band when yeah. I was 15, and I just thought, oh, I want to be like him. Yeah. You, you meant, yeah, I know you meant Luke the drummer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Was you happy to kind of put aside, like, money obviously wasn't. A, a, a drive at that point, you know, it, what, that was the goal. Wasn't I didn't to make always money. have a Bentley, mate. No, <laughs> no, but it wasn't, was it? Do you know what I mean? It's like you, you, you know that if you're going to pursue that, your other friends are, are going to have cars and they're oh, going to be kind of going to. On, yeah, yeah, with houses and everything. But you just, yeah, I mean, you, I suppose it's like your religion, isn't it? You know what I mean? You sacrifice, you sacrifice a lot for it. That's our version of religion. You know what I mean? Our art and our music. So. Yeah. Did you ever feel the urge, like, did you ever feel it somewhere within you that you was trying to prove to these people that, you know, this is my thing, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to, because I, I know it sounds self-indulgent and it sounds a bit ridiculous, but it, I felt like that, I felt like, yeah. I'll fucking show you, yeah. I'm, I'm going to yeah. do, I'm going to do my band and I'm going to do this and. Because you do feel that like. In between, you, you feel like the in between and, and you like want to fucking. They belittle it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, how's your band getting on? And how's your little like, band getting on? Fuck off. Yeah. When they're driving yeah. in yeah. their with BMW little. 3 series, little yeah. did they know, I've got a micro for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet mate, you. Yeah, I, I can, like I can do you a, a Raz card as well, Johnny, on the slide. But did you feel ever feel that, that you had something to prove? I think most creative 
creative people, whether they like to admit it or not, are driven by their own inferiority complex. You definitely. Know? So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Johnny? Um, yeah, what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to work out what inferiority means. Complex. <laughs> so stupid. Is that when is you're, that is that when you're bald and Chris. then you play in a band to stop people so thinking like that, that you're bald? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like that. But I think it's, it, it, it's one of I've had too much to drink. And that's why I'm going down this fucking avenue now. But I, I do think it is, it's, it's definitely one of them things where I, I do think that creative people feel that drive is to kind of prove that you take if you take that path to try and do something that isn't that instant gratification of cash and house and car. You know, you, 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 you've got something to say rather than something to kind yeah. of, you know. For sure. Yeah, but it's a better way to... You do you sort of... There are the moments where you course. think, what the fuck am I doing? Mate, we've all yeah. sat there. Yeah. We've all been in fucking bands and played gigs to four people and just thought, fucking hell. But... I but think then you see your micro parked outside and you think, fuck it. Home and dry. <laughs> it's about life goals, Johnny. Yeah. But no, but, it, you know, but even when you play them shit gigs, you still, the next day, get up and just think, I'm going to write another song today. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think, like, when that stops, then it's maybe it is time to stop. But yeah. I think all the time you get up and you've still got that, I've got something to say. But that's why this mm. thing's been so good for us, isn't it? Where we both sort of got to a point with our previous bands where we were like, I don't know, maybe come to the end of the road a little bit and then one sort of sunny morning got a call from this splendid chap over here and we sort of ventured on a whole new journey didn't we really? you can yeah. see the energy in that lads yeah. as well like oh, even in your like music videos and recently your uh gig that yeah. went down pretty well it looked quite funny from quite the uh yeah, yeah from the fun, fucking yeah. clips i've seen yeah it was wicked <coughs> and you've you've chose music that you're totally passionate about and it's niche and and it's because of that, it's just fucking worked, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's connecting, you know what I mean? Like, the, we've, you know, for up until about a year ago, we were just classic sort of failed musicians to a point, do you know what I mean? That were too stubborn to let it go. But, yeah, this project, um, we put our first video out last November, and it's, yeah, it's definitely connecting on some kind of level, you know what I mean? People, were strangers are turning up to the gigs and we're selling merchandise all over the world and, and shit. So, yeah, that's exciting in itself, you know. And I think, like you say, uh, it, it's a niche. And, and if, if that, you know, if that niche, if you connect with them, um, they'll support you to, you know. Yeah, to they, the c they commit to it. Yeah, know? yeah. Once like you've won them over, sort of thing, I suppose. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So they absolutely. care more than the average punter. Yeah. yeah. I mean. and so if you get it wrong, it's fucking bad. But if you get it right, then people... Yeah. Absolutely. And the demographic's 40 plus, so they've all got a bit more money. <laughs> well, look... And the same haircut as me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had three pints and, and a big glass of wine. Jesus. So I'm going to start talking about sex robots. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> conscious that I'm going to start cuddling you Johnny will. and talking about Golden Slumbers <laughs> by the Beatles in a minute. So... Uh, what do you think of um, the uh, elbow of elbows version? Do you know what, right? I got sent it. Well right? done, Johnny. I got sent elbow, like elbow, <laughs> elbow doing golden slumbers. And I haven't, I haven't got a problem with elbow. I think they're, 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 they're all right. I've it's seen like you cunt them off on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. like anyway, anytime anyone starts elbow. with, I haven't got a problem yeah. with, usually. No, I haven't. I haven't. Like, I ain't well, got a problem with blacks. Well, you said that a lot, you know. <laughs> so I've seen you say that a lot, and I'm like, oh, I think there's racism there. <laughs> so... <laughs> I love the first Elbow album. I think Newborn is a masterpiece, right? And, but they've took on my favourite Beatles song. Yeah, it's mental. 
for a fucking Christmas advert. They might as well have filmed the video in South End. It's like... <laughs> we've, we've done that. No, I know. But yeah, but... Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right, well, look, um, I, I, think it's, I think it's all right. I think, it's, I think they've done it all right. What are you thinking? What, 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 what are you saying? What are you saying? Yeah? Yeah, left it alone. Yeah? What was the one the... See, I'm um, looking out to the crowd, and, and the two people directly in front of me are massive Beatles fans, and the two behind me I know like Elbow. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the key. Right, that is it, right? Because... Exactly. Because when I first heard it, I thought, is it going to go in to carry that way? And, and it didn't. And I was like, oh, you do get the good bit again. Right, but you don't get that yeah, Paul McCartney. When you get you it don't twice. get that Paul McCartney growl. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Security, can you? Um, I've got a dog called Paul McCartney, and he's definitely growled. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look. Uh, um, thanks ever so much for what? coming down and doing this. We haven't. We haven't done the number one yet. You pisshead. Hey, no, I thought. No, you, no, you did. You, I thought you'd done the four pound cinema. No, that was no, 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 no. That was, that number, was number two. Second, oh, fucking hell. It, it was just the accent. This is it why I shouldn't drink. Fuck you. Explain, mate. It was the Essex accent. The Essex you know. accent. How we it's speak. It's a good choice. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, how would you. Now, the rhythms and the intonations. And there's one in particular where you're singing on a song. I'm not trying to find out how song that sounds well. <laughs> <laughs> on, our, on our latest <laughs> single. <laughs> iTunes. Available on <laughs> iTunes now. Um, wait, what is it? Suburban. Where yeah. you sing. One one day, and what a beautiful thing when an Essex person says that Con I consonant cluster. Um, <laughs> a, like it just goes on forever, isn't it? One <laughs> day, and it just fucking <laughs> billerica. It's like it just fucking never ends, and I love that. I think it's a beautiful thing. Uh, what I love about it, it's just so comical, isn't it? You know, and and no matter how, you know, some 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 of us try and fight it, watch our p's and q's and stuff, but. You know, I don't care what anyone says. After five beers, every Essex boy turns into Danny Dyer. <laughs> you know, and it's comical. I you know, think when you came up here, I went, have a bang on that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's just, it's just comical, <laughs> isn't it? It's just comical. My yeah, son. It's good fun, isn't it? You know, you it just is. When you were saying about um, Ian Drury earlier, like the geezer yeah. singing in his accent and yeah. that. Oh, that's a big thing, isn't it? Like yeah. singing in your own accent. because I think it's difficult to as it's well. It's hard to sing in this accent. And that was a big thing, wasn't it? Like yeah. I mean, who's done it? Damon Albarn's done it. Ian Jury. We, 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 we're gonna, we, we've got, we've got, a, we, we're gonna bring Pip on at the end um, because he, he gave me a nudge on something in the break, <coughs> and um, I won't, I won't mention the artist, but um, he's got something really nice to close this show with, um, which epitomises what we're talking about now. I've also got an apology to Scroobius Pip right now, so I'm really sorry, mate. But I looked into Essex accents. Um, and I discovered that one of the themes in Essex Ascents is that sometimes we shorten some of our words. So instead of seen, we say sin. And um, this is an apology that no one gives a shit about. Yeah. Other than I've been busting his balls over this for about fucking 15 years now. So no, you're all right to say sin. Because every time you say sin, I dig you out about it. And I'm sorry, but it's still the second least annoying thing about how you speak. So we can. 
<laughs> I, I have a little issue with some Essex terminology. Okay. Yeah. Babe. Babe. I, I never say it. Mate. 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 I start, mate, I start every sentence with mate. <laughs> I do. Why babe? I don't know. No, babe, I, I think, I'm not massive on babe. You yeah. just don't like Babe. It. I think it gets a bit patronising the word babe. Like my um, brother and his missus, when they started their relationship and for the first five years, it was always babe. Even when you could tell they were fucked off with each other. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, babe, don't do it. And you just say, you don't mean that. It's hollow. So, yeah, yeah babe. Like, mate, as you say, Johnny, I'll say, mate, until the cows come home. But, babe, yeah. yeah. I reserve that to babe <laughs> over there. Uh, he's bruv Essex? I reckon. It's new school, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Don't well, like I don't that know. I think that's yeah. like a... I, I'll take that from Del Boy. Del Boy calls oh, yeah, Rodney does, bruv. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Yeah. yeah not, they're not Essex, but... Yeah, I know. But so I'll the, say bruv the, to my brother. the Essex accent is a, is an extension of of kind of East End Cockney. Oh, yes, where it comes. I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the most really familiar one. And when I was looking at it earlier, they're saying that the traditional Essex accent has been pushed further north. But what we have it's now is the accent, yeah, exactly. Yeah, is yeah, we have yeah. the more uh, you know Cockney yeah. sort of the, intonation. The, there's comparisons. A lot, a lot of people get confused between the Essex twang. An Australian accent as yep, well. Yeah, totally. Because there's lots of A's. Oh, what, so you want to talk about the ashes oh, now mate. then? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's cricket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that all got serious and deep for a second. But yeah, that's a good shout, man. The Essex accent. Yeah. In all its glory and sometimes it's irritating, but yeah. that's what I like about it. Yeah, yeah, it's right. a lovely way. Yeah. Well, look. Sweet, bruv. Nice one, geezer. <laughs> nice and, uh, one. That was pucker. Yeah. Diamond. Yeah. Yeah. Pucker, mate. Cheers, you diamond. Top geezer. Thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, give it up for Dev and Guitar Pop. Dev and Guitar Pop, people. Johnny, cheers, Dave. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much, mate. It was a lot of fun. Cheers, cheers buddy. Cheers. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, so we're going to um, stay on the, the music tip, 
before our uh, for our uh, penultimate guest. And uh, our uh, penultimate guest, um, in regards to things that have happened in the Essex music scene, he's just stole a chocolate orange. Is that all of that, Watsy? Right, and, and I know Andy full Rod well that he didn't even want it. No, and the cunt, Look he, at fucking, that. he picked up the Toblerone. We had a chocolate orange and a Toblerone here to do a Toblerone orange. And Watsy, how he m said hello to me, he picked up the Toblerone and just hit, it, hit me with <laughs> <laughs> Smashed a whole bag of popcorn as well. now throwing it. Unbelievable. Unbel unreal. unreal. Mark Watts, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he will be a podcast guest at yeah, some point. Yeah, we really want him on. Right, okay. So, um, of all the things that have happened in... in, in Essex music, it's, you know, there's lots of things that have kind of gone global and, and kind of been spoke about, but I think there was there was one moment that that literally pricked everyone's ears one Christmas, and uh, and it's perfect for this Christmas podcast. Yeah. Um, so to tell us all about it, he's our penultimate guest, uh, Mr. John Malta. John Malta. How you going, man? Hi, mate. Thanks, mate. Drop a, pop your hand in there, mate. There's uh, still two Ferrero Rocher in there, man, so you don't know what you're going to get there. Right. Okay. Oh, the tension. Uh, how much tape do you put on these? I've how do you uh, commentate on someone I've opening a um, the pudding a sprout. on the uh, sprout wrapping? I'm sorry, buddy. It's it's radio 2, couldn't you? <laughs> Well, and we're nearly there. We need. Oh, oh no. no! Sorry, it's man. Sorry. It's a sprout. It's you win a sprout. some, you lose some, buddy. So, um, John, <laughs> we've spoke many times about getting you on as a guest on a podcast, and we've never got around to doing it. That's right. But um, I see you quite regularly at the toothbrush, and you spent lots of time growing up there, and you you featured heavily alongside um, Dan and Mitch, and and Pip, and, and many others on the Pink Toothbrush documentary. Um, Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and. But you're obviously come to notoriety. Is that, is that the right word to use? Um, notoriety infamy, I, I got told as well. Okay, yeah, let's go with that. For some reason. <laughs> and so you, you, you're responsible for... Uh, Rage Against the Machine being number one beating X Factor that year. <laughs> <laughs> and actually as well, uh, the Justice Collective, three years after for the Hillsborough Tragedy single. Oh, yeah. And we did that, we beat X Factor no, as well with that one. So we've done it twice. Well done. Well done, John. <laughs> that tune, what a tune. Good, well picked. So you, gr you grew up, as did I. Um, yeah, as all humans do. Yeah. And Just in <laughs> case anyone's confused. Me too, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but obviously, <laughs> you're, you're, um, you're much younger. Uh, yeah. But for me, at uh, uh, 44 years of age... Um, there's, there's a big gang of us over, uh, in the crowd over there on the left that, that used to go to the, the gas club in Leicester Square every Wednesday night. And, and we heard, um, at the time, the then DJ, which was Errol Orkin, um, play Rage Against the Machine, killing the name. And, um, and to hear that for the first time, as a kid growing up, we, we, we loved Faith No More and stuff like that and, and, and all the other indie stuff that was going on. But that song has got a fucking energy that and, 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 a, and a hit that weren't really going on at that point. It's off the charts, and even now, yeah, and, uh, driving and with that song is not a safe option for me. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a fucking angry record, isn't yeah. it? And like, and and however many years later, it still feels feels a, a dance floor 
in, in any alternative. Doesn't feel like it's dated. No, it doesn't sound dated. And that's the key to it. Mm. It still sounds as fucking fresh as a daisy. And mm. I don't know who produced that. Do you know who produced that? Uh, Garth Richardson. Right, okay. Fair play to that, dude. Yeah, yeah. Right. It still hurts as well. If you ever dance on the dance floor still 20-odd years later, <laughs> it still hurts <laughs> bad when you dance to that tune. So bef- before we, we yeah. go into what your, your choice is, because I know it's probably going to lead on from this. So... so I know you've probably said this song, this story a million times, but <laughs> and, and and I've spoke to you about it. But for for those that are listening for the first time and and, and I guess it this evening, explain how it kind of come about. Okay, well, um, where shall I start? Shall I start my roots in Essex in a town called Southwood and Ferrers? Um, I stole a load of vinyl from my next door neighbour's skip that they'd thrown away, and it was like oh, Slade and Bowie and stuff, and that's how I got into things. And um, I wanted to be in a band. And I wanted to be a musician since a, since I was a kid. And and as I grew up, I worked out I wasn't very good. Um, I tried everything, and I was just crap at every everything. I couldn't even sing. I couldn't dance. Whatever. So I wanted to. I always wanted to be in a band, and I wanted to have a big hit single and and tour the world. And it never ever happened. And so um, when I got older and in my thirties, three kids, and you know the mortgage and all that. And I still really wanted to get into the music industry, and I just couldn't do it. I wrote letters to, to you name it, every label, no joy at all. And then um, I discovered social media, and I, I discovered how to do dodgy things on Facebook. That I'm, I'm just realised I'm on a podcast. <laughs> and it's probably going to go everywhere. That's right. Chris uh, still does dodgy it's things okay, on Facebook. Fine. Most nights. Do, you, do you have listeners? You do. Yeah, you do actually, don't you? Right. Okay. Well, anyway, um, so I found some dodgy little things to do on Facebook, which could grow crowds quite quickly, right. and I. They, at the same sort of time, they changed the rules of the charts where downloads counted. Yeah. And I kind of put the two together and I thought, oh, do you know what, actually, hang on a minute, if I can get a big crowd of people to all download one track, because I've, I've read the rules, you see, I can make my own hit single. So I can have a that's hit crazy. single without actually being a musician, because yeah. I'm a crap musician. <laughs> and um, so that, that's kind of how it started. And um, I, it actually started as a joke. I did it with Rick Astley, Never Going to Give You Up, yep. <laughs> in 2008. <laughs> and um, it bombed. It didn't work. Yeah, I tried to Rick roll the nation, you know. <laughs> and it didn't work. Just it, it failed badly. I did everything wrong. And then the year after, I really thought, actually, do you know what? I made so many fuck-ups the year before that I know probably how to do it now. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to try it again. And I thought, well, I, I'll pick one of my favourite bands. Right. I'll also pick a tune that's got nothing to be the most opposite to the X Factor possible. Yeah. And it's got the word fuck you 17 times in it. Yeah. I thought it'd be a brilliant Christmas tune. And, um, <laughs> you know, and I so, yeah, off we went. And it just picked up. And it, it just went mental. I mean, it literally, what, my literally life changed. Literally, w- within a, what, a week? Uh, we did the whole campaign in three and a half weeks. So, so from, me to one from nothing to number one. From, from me, one person in a Facebook group to 1.6 million in a Facebook group and a Christmas number one and a Guinness record for the most That's downloads crazy, in a week. Man. <laughs> how did that so go down? Yeah. So, how did that go down with the man? Because obviously you were doing it as a um, you know fuck you to those guys. And, and what was their reaction to that then, man? Um, not not the most positive of reactions, <laughs> really. No. I mean, uh, well, I mean we. Um, I, I did quite a lot of different things uh, to try and get interest from people and to try and, uh, um, I mean, for example, I played the media off against each other a little bit um, where I was, I managed to get myself onto a Sky News interview 
where I'd faked, uh, in those <laughs> days, uh, you, could, you can't really do it now, but I faked a screenshot of a Facebook group where it looked like it had half a million people in it. And I sent it to a few like BBC, ITV, Sky and all that. And I thought, just as long as one of them falls for it, we're all right. <laughs> and Sky came back to me and, and sort of gave this email going, what fucking hell. And they yeah, bought it. Wow, that's good. Do you want can you, any chance you can get into London? I said, yes, I can, no problem. <laughs> and so I went on to Sky News at 6 p.m. Um, it's on YouTube somewhere if you want to go and find it. Um, where literally, I probably had, had me and six of my mates and a dog in this Facebook group, really. There was no one in it, really. Um, but they thought I had half a million people in it. So I, I got exposure on TV, stuck it straight on YouTube and sent it to the BBC and all that, going, well, you snooze, you lose, guys. Oh you know, they've, they've got late. in there quick. And uh, so I did a lot of things like that. Simon Cowell, um, uh, I sort of, how can I put this, semi-bribed a journalist at the X Factor press conference to ask a question about this big campaign that was going on. It wasn't that big at the time, but we, we said it was. And um, he came out and he called me cynical and stupid. <laughs> Simon Cowell calling me cynical and stupid. I mean, Simon Cowell, of all people, yeah, yeah. calling me cynical and stupid. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, he didn't like it at all, which was brilliant. You know. So, uh, t two weeks in, you, you must have realised that this is gathering pace quite quickly. And, like, and so, moving forward to, to sort of Christmas Day, was it, was it like you was as a kid when you're like thinking, obviously magnified, but... What's Christmas number one? Like, because you're thinking, fucking hell, I'm, I'm, did you have any idea? Could you see the midweek chart? Could you see where you was going with it? No, no. I, I basically, um, the only thing I knew about it was uh, I knew we were doing quite well because um, I had a couple of moles in Sony Records, <laughs> even though they worked for the X Factor. They really wanted us to win. Um, I can't remember. It's all coming out now. What the hell? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so uh, they were telling me, and they were basically trying to. They literally were trying to derail the Facebook group, um, the campaign. And I know because we knew we knew ahead of what they were going to try and do. We could stay one step ahead a little bit. And I only knew when it was number one. When um, he I remember her name. Her name was Helen Pitt, and she was a journalist at the Guardian. And she rang me up at about two o'clock on the Sunday and said, "Right, do you want to? You, you might want to just sit down." I was like, "Well, who are you? First of all, I don't know who you are." <laughs> but I'd get random phone calls, and um, I goes, "Look, um, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but I've just seen some of the numbers, and it looks like you're number one by fifty-two thousand." I thought, "Fucking hell!" I put the kettle on, made a cup of tea because <laughs> I didn't know what to do. So English. And then, um, <laughs> uh, oh God, which paper was it? Um, the scum, the sorry, the sun, fuck it, the scum, uh, tried to ring and we weren't taking phone calls from them because we worked out their phone number so we, we didn't answer any phone calls from the sun. And we got one from the, oh Christ, it was some local newspaper in the middle of nowhere. It was like the Todd Morden Times in Yorkshire. I don't know who they were. And this guy with an accent sort of goes... Um, um, congratulations. Uh, so, uh, yeah, how are you, you going to tell us how you're celebrating? I said, well, I don't know yet. They've not announced it. And he just, <laughs> just heard this word go, oh, fuck. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. Um, yeah, how, how do you think you're going to do it then? I was like, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> you've, just, you've just congratulated me. What's going on? And then basically we worked out that a, a press release had gone out which was embargoed, and um, yeah. And embargoed? Yeah, they're doing an embargoed press release for the Christmas number one. So you can only find out when they actually announce it oh on okay. radio. So, um, yeah. 
So I made another cup of tea, like two cups of tea within a space of about half an hour, and panicked. Yeah. And um, and then the, f- the floodgates just opened. We had just literally CNN, we had uh, German TV. It just everybody was just trying to ring us. We had a pap outside our house. Um, that was, was me. Sorry, that was totally unrelated. So, so did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Re- I did call <laughs> the relevant authorities. So did you ever ever hear from Simon Cowell? Have you ever spoke to him? Yeah, he rang me up. Um, yeah, it basically Simon Cowell. I don't know how they. One thing I learned, I learned a lot of things during that came, but one thing I learned was that if someone wants to get your fo- your mobile number, I don't know who they are, they'll get it, okay? It's And I've worked out how to do it now. Um, but this phone number rang, and it was just weird, like all the ones. It was literally like 0777111111. I thought, what the fuck is that? So I answered it, and it was a guy. It was like, hi, is that John? And I said, yeah, it's Simon Cowell. And I just... <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, off. nice one. <laughs> yeah, all right, mate. Yeah, go on. Yeah, oh no, it is. It's Simon Cow, and he and he goes, no, it's Simon Cow. Um, um, look, I'll be honest with you. Um, I'll be completely, totally honest with you. Um, really, I love what you've done, but, but don't tell my lot. But we, yeah, but I also hate you. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't say that, but but no, I found out afterwards that he did actually really hate me, and he, we we really fucked up his Christmas. Um, tr- genuinely, we, he was really, really upset about it. But he did ring up, and in fairness to him, he was all right. He was okay, you know. He, was, he, he just said, "Look, well done. I've, I've been in the industry twenty years. Um, I've had a lot of people try and take me out, and with all due respect, you're some fucking bloke in the middle of Essex <laughs> that's not even in the music industry, and you've you've done it. So, yeah, all right, I'll give you that. Well done, you know. Amazing. Um, so cool. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it all. All happened. I've got to say though, um, once it happened, literally the, about two hours after we got declared Christmas number one, um, I had Rick Mayle's manager ring me up, and and Rick Mayle wants to release a record next week, next year. Um, he's just said, "Can you get that cunt that did that uh, that uh, <laughs> that uh, Rage Against the Machine thing? Get him, get him, and and uh, bring him on board." Um, no so way. yeah, it opened up things. So I mean, that, that would be the highlight well, you for me. Get the hangout with Rick Mayle. Yeah, I worked with Rick Mayo afterwards. Yeah, yeah, we Shit. did. Um, we we did a football song. He did a football song, and he he basically said, um, "Can you, you know, do you want to come and work on a with, on a record with me?" And you don't turn down Rick Mayo, fucking hell. Do you, you do not turn down Rick Mayo? Amazing. And so um, we went to. Oh Christ, alive! How long have we got? Um, working with Rick Mayo was just astonishing. And I have to say, we we, we did a, a football song where I don't know if any remember it. It was called Noble England, and it was basically he the video he dressed up as King Henry V, right, all very regal, right. And we had to do a, f- a film shooting uh, the video in uh, uh, Leeds Castle in Kent, and we turn up, and I was married at the time. We turn up and just normal clothes, and Rick's in this full regal Henry V, like proper chainmail and everything. Rick <laughs> Mail's wearing. Cha- in fucking hell, look at that, it's Rick Mayo with a chainmail. And um, and we had to go and do, d- it's a big area, it's a big castle, and they gave us these golf carts to travel around in, right? Uh, but we had drivers, <laughs> and because Rick Mayo was wearing this massive, huge king's cloak that he had to take, he had these photos taken in, a huge cloak, and he had to sit on this big seat on the back of this golf cart being driven around. And so he had his own golf cart, and we were sort of following on behind him. There was two carts. And as we go through the car park for Leeds Castle, this coach had literally just turned up full of Americans, right? <laughs> and as we're going past, they're all getting out, and they're all, they, they, 
I don't stereotype. No, fuck it, I do stereotypes. <laughs> the shorts on, the, the, sh the, the cameras around the necks, yeah. everything, caps. And, and um, you can tell they're Americans. And he goes past them and he starts waving at these Americans. <laughs> like he's doing his royal wave. Hello, hello, <laughs> subjects. S stop the car, stop the car, stop the car. And thank you for coming. Um, I would love you to all uh, come into our banquet later on. It's at five o'clock. Don't be late. Make sure you you make sure you're wearing a tie. You're not allowed because I don't like what you're wearing. And he was just started just talking to these Americans, <laughs> but they were all going for it. They were like, oh oh god, oh Christ, who's that? That's the king. Is that the ki the king? And we were sort of going, no, he's that's King Henry V. Just <laughs> don't say anything. And he actually was just he just just played characters constantly. And just to cut that up, it's obviously I'm dragging on a bit here, but, um, but, but to cut that story short, the song, unfortunately, was a bit of a flop. This is 2010 World Cup. Um, scroll on four years, and sadly, Rick died literally the week before the World Cup. And um, his daughter, Rosie, got in touch and said, look, you know, we've, we want to see if we can re-release the, the song, but I don't really know. My dad's just died and all that. So I said, right, leave it to me. I'll do it. I'll do everything. And um, I've just noticed I've just seen Wayne. Wayne's here, there. Is that Wayne? No, it was Wayne. I thought it was Wayne <laughs> not here. I thought it was looking like Wayne. Is Wayne not here? Cunt. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is actually called Cunt. That was a long story. Um, but uh, I wore a... Uh, I, I got asked to go to do an interview for ITV News for the Rick Mail campaign. And so I wore a Cunt and a Gang t-shirt on live <laughs> ITV News. And that is on YouTube. You can go and find that as well. Amazing. Um, that's Essex. I'm bringing it back to Essex. Then, right, so, so what is your five then? Well, you're number one. To uh, my what, uh, my favourite thing about Essex is our musical heritage because okay. we don't shout about it enough, I think. And I've always believed that. And I think we, uh, as a county, we have got a fantastic musical heritage. Um, I mean, uh, I don't know where... From the small faces to, obviously, the, the big ones like Depeche Mode, Blur, The Prodigy, um, Iron Maiden, if you count pre-1965 borders. Um, you know... The Horrors, uh, The Milk, you know, the B Roads is one of my favourite tunes. Uh, filmed in South End, actually, as well, wasn't it? That video. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, Scrooby's <laughs> Pip, of course, at the back. Um, you know, it's to the point where a few years ago I made a, a playlist on Spotify called The Real Way is Essex, and I just did all Essex bands, and we got 50, uh, 50 artists on there, and um, quite a lot of subscribers. And it's, you know, we, we, we've got such a great heritage. And um, to me, that is my favourite thing about Essex because, uh, you know, I think we've all got to be proud of it. We've, we've, we've given the world some really, really brilliant artists. Totally. You know? Like, Shu I mean, recently I shared that thing. Uh, what was it, yesterday? It, it was Depeche Mode um, it, it, in the You States. know him quite well, don't you, Depeche Mode? No. Um, <laughs> uh, I wish I did. Um, they're, they're one of my favourite. We're called Nice. And, and this year in the States... They have sold more tickets for their shows than Bieber, yep, Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran. That's all put together. That's absolutely mind-boggling. And, and, and that comes from not being fashionable, even mm -hmm. though that's Depeche Mode's fast fashion. Mm -hmm. um, but that, that, that comes to being fucking stylish and never going out of fashion. Because no, it's just yeah. fucking uh, solid music. Their fan base is 35 to 60, I was reading it, and, and yet they've still pulled that many people out to come and see and perform and, and absolutely fucking smash it. Yeah, yeah. And they're from Essex, so, yeah, amazing. Yeah, Denise Van Outen, did she ever release anything? Where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> 
rich musical heritage, and you're going to talk about her fucking single she done with Johnny Vaughan called "Come Did Outside." You? I know that. Did she really? <laughs> actually, actually, it was especially for you. It was the Kylie and Jason. That cover. was the one yeah. they put out for Christmas. Sorry, yeah. I know yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was joking. I didn't know she'd yeah. done anything, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah those, uh, we've got we've got loads. We've got loads of it. And I, a very quick story. I, I can't tell my Cavern Club story actually. Yeah. I'd say I, was, I do public speaking, part of what I do, and um, I did a, a, a keynote speech at the Liverpool Sound City Festival. And um, the, the art, there's like an after show party, and I was at this after show, and uh, these two sort of quite buxom chaps came up to me. And they said, oh, I'm not going to do Liverpool accent because I'll just embarrass myself, but I said, Oh, you know, uh, I really enjoyed your talk. Where, where, where are you from? You're not from around here, are you? And I said, Oh, no, I'm from Essex. And I kid you not, and, and they go, Oh, I'd love to go to Essex. I said, what? You know, what do you do? And they run the Cavern Club. The, these two guys oh were the managers of the Cavern Club. And they're going, yeah, we, we have to turn down Brian Adams every week. He still wants to turn up and play and jam. And Rod Stewart turns up and we have to, you know, blimey. And they're talking, there's all these big stars that want to come and play the Cavern. And so I asked them, I said, look, with all respect, you, you run the Cavern Club. This is one of the homes of British music. What, mm. the, what the fuck do you want to come to Essex for? Oh, I'd love to go to Canvey Island. It's better than South M. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, obviously, I had to ask the question. I was up in the middle of Liverpool. I was like, why, I'm sorry, why do you want to come to Canvey Island for? I, I don't understand that. But do you live near Canvey Island? Yeah, I'm about 10 minutes away. Why the hell do you want to come to Canvey? Because, oh, we're Dr. Feelgood from there, and they're their favourite band ever. They're better than the Beatles. Even though we, we don't tell people that because we run the Cavern Club, but Dr. Feelgood were better than the Beatles without a shadow <laughs> of a doubt. I was like, fucking hell. Um, well, yeah, the great band, you know. Yeah, very proud. Wilco Johnson, the Essex legend, of course. And, um, and literally, they, the, the second thing they came out with was, so you know, um, we, we, we might come down at some point as well because uh, we, we mentioned Ian Jory earlier. He goes, yeah, Ian Jory was from Dagenham. That's near you as well, isn't it? I said, yeah, Ian Jory, you know, we 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 done the whole works. We started talking them all, like Billy Bragg and Head Swim. Well, head Swim, they were brilliant, aren't you? Uh, yeah. I've got a few f Head Swim fans out there. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, well, look, anyway. on, on that point, um, we're going to round things up now, but we're going to bring Pip on stage again um, because um, <coughs> we, we, we've got something really sweet, I think, again. to... Uh, I don't want him back on. He, he said in the break, I want to come back on. It was like, oh, all right. When he says we've got to do, aren't we? Sure, sure. Actually, can I just say, I've just noticed, because you've got Toblerones and a, a chocolate orange with yes, superficial mate. damage The idea the was to do the Toblerange. That is, that's so partridge. Well, no. I'm no, so impressed the, by the, that. There, there was a thing called a Toblerange, which is you, you open up the Toblerone and then you put all the segments of the orange within it. And it looks incredible. But Mark Watts smashed the Toblerone in the first half, and then in the second half, just smashed an orange. And then threw and the orange at us on uh, stage. And when you were being all emotional and talking about all your talented friends and, and listing people, Mark uh, looked round at me, gave me a smile and stuffed a big handful of popcorn in his mouth. <laughs> 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 crack me up, crack me up. <laughs> 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 you know right, so, oh, Pip. Yeah, I mean, um, well one of the things that's, that's, that's come up a lot is, is th as you were saying, with all your mates here, and you've got a lot of people here, who've just had albums out, have had big releases and big gigs, yet they're all coming on a Thursday night to sit in the Civic. And like a, a, a Russell Brands example, he was the first person on my podcast, and he didn't have to do that. He's huge, but he did because I'm local. Um, and, and, Russell Br and Russell Brand also put a show on next door for one of our guests out there yeah. whose um, who's, who's brother's son's um, 
terminally ill and, and he'd come and done a show for nothing just to raise money. So, um, yeah, I made yeah, cool brother good. Again, yeah, and, and, and that's it. That does feel like quite an Essex thing, that kind of support. And I, I realised in the break, because after you've been, been, been talking about Ian Drury, anyone from Essex adores, like a, around the world, Billy Bragg is a hero, but if you're from Essex, he's a massive deal because he was one of the first people I heard singing in the accent I know. Mm. So, all oh right, so we can do that as well. Yeah. That's, that's exceptional. And I was lucky enough to have played some gigs with him over the years and my goddaughter um, became a big Billy Bragg fan and she was f- five. Her, her, her dad, a Warren, who's been in loads of local bands, um, I Shouted Gun and loads of others, he used to play it to her and she started requesting it when she was in the car with her mum and I mentioned it to Billy and he did me or he did her a video um, for her birthday so I thought I'd, sh- I'd show that I've not shown anyone it, it publicly but I'll, I'll he's not got any trousers on he has got trousers <laughs> on <laughs> it's just Billy at the door but it's, it's he, he made this as said for Lola who's a five year old can everyone see this And that feels like it sums up a lot of the stuff that's been said about Essex tonight. Yeah. That it's just, I'll do that for a five-year-old. He was on tour all over the world at the time. He's like, yeah, I'll jump in front of a door, and that's that. And I thought that was a lovely thing to share. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we look out for our own, don't we? Absolutely. Very, yeah, we very sweet. Perfect way to finish. Everyone, thanks for coming tonight. Have a lovely Christmas. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, thanks for your support and listening. And thanks to everyone that come down tonight and guested and, and got drunk and had fun. Thank you. Let's have a drink. Thanks, mate. Oh, hey, team. Welcome back. Uh, thanks for listening to both parts of the Essex live show uh, at the Civic Hall in Blackshots, Greys. I hope you enjoyed it. We had some good guests. My favourite bit was when one of the guests spoke about their favourite thing about Essex and some people in the audience agreed um, with what they'd said. It was really good, a really, really good part. Um, I remember towards the end when everyone was shouting, more, more, and I was actually shouting, less, less, um, but I don't think they heard me, sadly. Um, anyway, big shout-outs to the rest of the Distraction Pieces Network. Uh, Susie Gage, as always, good luck with your marathon, my friend. Uh, Small Jimman, uh, Jason Reed, Scroobius Pip, and a uh, huge, huge thanks to Brad Acton um, for recording this and putting it up on YouTube. Exceptional work, bud. Well done, mate. Uh, anyway, I'll catch you on Das Flip und Side. Woo! It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing the podcast 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.